discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow, you're welcome to church. It's a blessing to see you. Happy, happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Wow. Wow. Are you excited to be in the house of God? It's Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Paul says that if Christ be not risen, then are we yet still in our sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 12. I'm sharing with you on seven great things the resurrection gives us. I started sharing on that last year in Kumasi. I couldn't finish there, so I want to finish here. So the part one is on podcast already there's there's a video very nice video on it i mentioned the first four so this morning i'm going to mention the last three okay is it a powerful thing hallelujah look at this paul says now if christ will not be preached that he rose from the dead how say some among you that there's no resurrection of the dead how say some of you that there's no resurrection of the dead there's resurrection of the dead it will happen next verse then it says but if there be no resurrection of the dead then is Christ not risen. Next verse. And if Christ be not risen, if Jesus is not risen, then is our preaching vain. And your faith is also vain. Our faith is in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Our salvation is in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. There are two aspects. Okay, the first aspect is his death. His death is what wipes away our sin. But his resurrection is what brings us into salvation and into the new life. So it's two things. His death, for we're buried with him by baptism into his death. So his death is our death. His resurrection is our, our resurrection. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then it means that we are still yet in us. So he says that, and if Christ be not risen, then it's our preaching vain, because that's what we preach. We preach Christ risen from the dead. Okay? And your faith is also vain. Next verse, verse 15. Yea, and we have found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not, then we have found false witnesses, because all the preaching we preach, Paul says all the preaching he preached was about Christ risen from the dead. All the preaching was about Christ what? 
risen from the dead. Next verse. Then it says, for if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. Your faith is vain, and you are yet in your sins. So the resurrection of Christ is very, very important, because without that, there is no born-again experience. You are born again because Jesus rose from the dead. Yes, we are born again because Jesus rose from the dead. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He says that Jesus was delivered on account of our offenses. Jesus died on account of our offenses. He died on account of our offenses and was raised again for our justification. He was raised again in order for us to be declared not guilty, to be justified, or to receive eternal life. Hallelujah. So, Resurrection is the basis, the foundation of our faith, is the foundation of our belief. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10. Look at Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you are born again, then what you believe is the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, and you believe that he died, and you believe that he rose up on the third day. That is why you are born again. Without that, without believing that and confessing that you are not born again, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That if thou shalt confess with thy... Let's read from verse 8. It's, it's nicer from verse 8. Look at verse 8. But what say then? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. What is the word of faith which we preach? We preach that if thou shalt confess with thy, with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus, the ownership of Jesus, you confess that Jesus owns me. And shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Have you seen it? You shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Then thou shalt be saved. So our salvation is based on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Yes. So there's something called resurrection. Jesus is the first fruit of the resurrection. That is the foundation. Without Christ being raised from the dead, he says you are yet in your sins. So you believe that someone came from the dead. That is what you, were you there? That's why you believe it. It's God what? Believe. Jesus said, you see, when Jesus rose from the dead, Thomas could not, Thomas said, it's not true. I saw them crucifying the guy. I saw him dying. I saw everything. What do you mean by he has risen from the dead? I don't believe it. Unless I see him with my physical eyes. Because seeing is believing. If I don't see him, I will never believe. That was, what, that was what Thomas said. If I don't see him, I will not believe at all. Because when Jesus appeared the first time to the disciples, he was not around. He had gone to buy Kelewele. When he came back, the, the experience had already happened. But Thomas, one of the twelve called, this is John 12, 20 verse 24, but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus, because he had gone to buy Kelewele. Next verse. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails. Wow. And put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. 
unless I have this experience, putting my, I have to put my fingers, you know, and then my hand in the side, physically, and know that Charlie, it is really him. Yes. Then he says, I will not believe. If I don't see him, I will not believe. Next verse. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. So this time around, Thomas was there. Jesus said, Peace be unto you. Next verse. Then said he to Thomas, Reach it that I think. Because when he was talking, he was there. Jesus was there when Thomas was talking. But he was not there physically. Do you see? Yes, because after the resurrection, Jesus could be everywhere at the same time. Before the resurrection, he was bound to one place. That was why he said, except a grain of corn falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it dies, it bringeth forth much fruit. In other words, I'm going to, when I, through my death, I'm going to be everywhere. I'm going to be everywhere. I can be everywhere. I'll bring forth many people and I can be everywhere. Do you see? Then said he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. Be not faithless, but believe. There are a lot of people who can't believe that someone called Jesus existed some many years ago. And he was, he was extraordinary. He was not a normal, he was not, he was a human being, but he was a human being who was different. He was a human being who was God at the same time. Jesus never went to university. He never did. Jesus never traveled beyond 250 kilometers. He never went to America. He never went to, he went to Egypt, of course, but as a baby. He never went, he never, Jesus never married. I mean, how many of you listen to someone who's not married? Like all your whole, your whole life is based on what this person is saying. This person is not married. He's teaching about marriage. I mean, you know, you know my name. He never had children. Do you see? Yes. He didn't live long. He died at 33. Why would you follow someone at 33? Why would you follow a 30-year-old uh, uh, messages and words? But we believe him. We believe him because he was very different. He was very special. The words he said, nobody has said before. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am that bread, the living bread. I mean, very wild words. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot... <laughs> I tell you, you are not a part of me. Very wild words. Opening blind eyes. Like the guy did not have eyeballs. Jesus took sand, clay, spat on it, made some balls and put it into his eyes and told him, go and wash. When the guy washed, he opened his eyes. It had become ice. Eyeballs are there now. Hey, has your uncle done some before? How about your brother? How about you yourself? The things he did, the things he said, it's not normal. Yes, it's not. And the fact that he, he died, okay, the most gruesome of deaths after doing nothing wrong, and then he rises from the dead, not by the agency of another man. No man went there and said, come out of the grave. Nobody. I mean, Jesus did that. Jesus went to the grave one day, four days of Lazarus' death, four days after Lazarus had died, Jesus went to the grave side and said, Lazarus, come forth. He called Lazarus like you call anybody in the next room. Lazarus, come out. And this guy who had been dead for four days. No. 
No, 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 no. It's not normal. What do you think? It's not normal. No. A magician can't do that. No, 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 no. A magician can't do that. Who's a magician? No. Nobody. Nobody has. Nobody has that ability. Nobody has that ability. Jesus did. So we believe in Jesus because of so many things. But one of the main things is that he rose from the dead. And that's what you believe in to be born again. Do you see? Very important. And his resurrection gives us a number of things. And I want to, I want to just, because I've, I've preached that already, I want to just mention the, the first four for you. Then I'll go into the fifth one, sixth one, and then seventh one. Okay? Okay, so the first thing that the resurrection gives to us is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us our objective faith. Our objective faith. You see, and I just read some to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 17, if you remember. Yes, it says that if and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Our faith, the faith we have as Christians is based on the fact that he rose from the dead. So the resurrection gives us our objective faith, our mutual faith, the faith we have. You see, that's what you, you are given faith to believe in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. And that faith is what is taking you to heaven. The fact that you believe in Jesus is what will take you to heaven. So it gives us our objective faith. I read Romans chapter, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, if you remember. Yeah, so all that forms our objective. Look at Luke, go to Luke chapter 1, verse 1. Luke 1, 1, all the way to verse 4. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed amongst us. These are things that are most surely believed amongst us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. This is Luke talking, okay? Next verse. That thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. There's a certainty to the things that we have been instructed. What we believe is not fake. Jesus actually lived. This guy was a, was a physician. He was a doctor. And a lot of people had written about Jesus. And he also came on the scene and said that, I'm also writing to let you know the things that are most surely believed amongst us. These are things that actually happened. Jesus' story is not, uh, is not a story concocted by a certain white man or white men. I mean, people keep saying that. No, what are you talking about? Who is that person that is saying, what evidence does he have that it was a certain white man who sat somewhere to write it? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yes, and they are trying to confuse a lot of people. Yes, that you can have, you have young people who feel that the Bible is what? Is what? It's fake. It's a white man's religion document to trap the black man into sla what mental slavery, some nonsense. These are things that are most surely believed. Eh? They are certain that they are, they are certain that thou mayest know the certainty of those things wherein thou has been instructed. What you have been instructed has it, it is real, it is not fake. It is real. Jesus is real. He actually lived. And he is a son of God. Yes, whether you believe it or not, it's the truth. And one day, he, this heaven will open and he will come. You'll be shocked. Yes. Hallelujah. So, the resurrection gives us our objective faith. Without the resurrection, you can't be born again, like I told you. Do you understand? 
So it's very, very important. You can't be a Christian without believing in the resurrection. It's not possible. That is what you believe in to become born again. You believe in the fact that he died. He's the son of God, first of all. That he died. That he rose from the dead. He died to take away your sin. So you, you, you tell him to take your sin away. To wash. His blood is what washes our sins away. You can, nobody can wash your sin away. Nothing can wash anybody's sin away. What will you, what Omo cannot wash your sins away? Key soap cannot wash your sins away. So clean cannot, certainly can't. Yes, Geisha cannot. Only the blood of Jesus. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. Look at Revelation 1, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. It takes blood to wash sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Without the sh- it's blood that can take away sins. And it's not anybody's blood. If a sinner's blood is used, it doesn't work because the blood is sin. You need a pure blood. A blood that has not sinned before. Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, he was qualified to be the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus is real. And his blood is what took away the sins of humanity. If you realize that you are you were a sinner, you should know that there's a solution for the, the problem of sin. The solution for the, for the problem of sin is a man called Jesus and his blood. Yes, Jesus' blood is the only thing that can wipe away sins. The nature of sin. The fruits of sin. Hallelujah. So the resurrection gives us what? Our objective way. I explained it into details in that tape. I think you should listen to it. Okay? Number two, it gives us our union with the Godhead. It gives us union with the Godhead. It is through the resurrection that we are made one with the Godhead. Can you imagine that you as you are sitting here with your nice face, with your nice dress, hmm? and with your some way character sometimes. You see, every child of God is being perfected. We are all being perfected. Tell anybody we are being perfected. And we are, on, we are in different stages of our perfection. The church is not for perfect people. It is for perfecting God's saints. That's what the church is for. If you feel you are not correct, church is yours. If you come around and you notice that someone is not correct, that is why he's here. That is why she's here. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Tell anybody if you realize I'm not correct about one thing or the other. I don't like coming to church much. I don't like respect. I don't respect the pastor much. I can insult people easily. I'm not so nice. I'm into fornication sometimes. Every now and then. I get angry like nobody's business. Uh, That's why I'm in church. Don't talk too much about me. I'm in church to be perfected. I am changing. The word is changing me. The only problem we will have with you is that if after five years you have not changed in certain things, we will have a problem. Like, why? What kind of patient are you that we are applying medicine to you all the time? The more the medicine comes, the worse you get. What kind of patient are you? You are a strange patient. It means you are a patient who is not ready to change. Yes, the word of God comes to you to change your mind. To help you change your mind, to change your heart, and to change your perspective. That is why we preach, the word of God is preached. It is for perfecting the saints. Eh? Uh, Ephesians chapter 4. 
verse 11, and he gave some, when Jesus died and rose again from the dead, he gave gifts unto men. And some of the gifts he gave unto men are the gift of an apostle, the gift of a, of a prophet, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For what purpose? It says for the perfecting of the saints. For the perfecting of the, of the saints. Okay? For the perfecting. Let's look at the Amplified. So church is for perfecting. His intention was the perfecting and full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people. So we are his consecrated people, but he's aware that there are challenges. So he's perfecting us through his word. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. For what purpose? Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. For what purpose? That he might sanctify and cleanse it. The word sanctify means to set apart and to cleanse it, to clean it. Do you see? To clean it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So he uses the word of God to wash you. But that's why you come to church. You come to church so that you can be washed. You can be corrected. The word of God is for a number of things. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed or given by God, by the inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for teaching. Word of God is, is helpful to teach you. For instance, you must, you must receive teaching on resurrection. I'm going to do that today. Teaching on resurrection so that you know the teaching concerning resurrection. What it is. What it's about. Don't be a Christian who is clueless. A Christian who is clueless about faith. When it comes to faith, you don't know anything about it. You see, even though you are hearing the word, you are not receiving the doctrine. A Christian who is clueless about Jesus Christ. About his relationship with Jesus Christ. You are just born again. You don't know what's, what's going on. You'll be very far away in heaven. For you to be closer, you need to know the doctrine and follow the doctrine. So he says the word of God is for doctrine, it's for teaching, for reproof. It is for reproof. It is to reprove you. So when you come to church and we are blasting, you say, I just blasted somebody over there. It's, I'm correcting him. Yeah. Don't be angry that I'm, I'm, I'm a father. Or you don't understand. Has your father shouted on you before? That is, how, that is how fatherhood is. Do you understand? Yes. Father shout. Why? So that you can come back to your senses. Or... It's like you didn't have a father. Do you, have you had a father before? Yes. There are three very important things that God gives us when we get born again. Okay? The first one is his word. The second one is his spirit. The third one is pastoral authority. His word, his spirit, his authority through his shepherds. If you ignore these three, you are going to be in trouble. All those who have problems and are not being guided are in that situation because they ignore one or all or two or all of the three I've mentioned. And they all work together. You can't respond to the word of God and the spirit of God without responding to God's authority. It doesn't work. God's physical authority, it doesn't work. You can't respond to God's physical authority without responding to God's word and to his spirit. It doesn't work. Go back to what we're, we're reading. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. The word of God is to correct you. So when you come to church and you are being, you are being corrected, don't say, I'm, I'm leaving the church. Why are you leaving the church? Why are you leaving the church? You are leaving the church because, of, because your problem was mentioned. What you are doing was mentioned. You should be glad that it has been mentioned and that it has, your case has been called and solution has come. Oh? 
Why should you be angry? That you it has been mentioned. You did the, you did, and it's not that they, they even told the pastor. It's not that they came to discuss you with the pastor that this person has done this. When you're preaching on Sunday, mention it. No, there's nothing like that. Whatever was said came from the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is trying to help you, and then you you respond to it in a wrong way. It's not supposed to be respond to it the right way. Always see what is coming as coming from the from God. It is God who is speaking to you. He's using a human agent to speak to you, as he's always done. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spoke to us through the prophets. He uses his prophets to speak to his children. You will not see God showing up in the sky with his, with his face in the sky and say, Princess, Princess, this is the information I have for you. There's nothing like that. He will use his human agent to talk to you. So when you don't respect what is being said, and you think that it is, uh, it is uh, oh, he's just talking. No, it's, it's, don't, don't think that he's just talking. I'm not just talking. What I'm sharing with you is the word of God in truth. When you believe it, it will work in you. When you believe it, it will work in you. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. Look at First Thessalonians 2, 11. For yourselves, brethren, know as you know how we exalted and confident and charged every one of you as a father does his children. You see, like I've been doing to you now. Eh? As you know how we exalted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does a children in ministry. All pastors have a motherly side and they have a fatherly side. Go to verse 7. You see the motherly side. The motherly side says, For you remember, brethren, our labor and travel, for living night and day, because we would not be chargeable to any, any one of you. We preach unto you the gospel of God. Next verse. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherished the children. So being affectionate desires of you, we were willing not to, to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. Do you see? Go back. It says, a nest does to a tree. But we're gentle unto the word of God and the spirit of God without responding to God's authority. It's like, it doesn't work. God's physical authority. It doesn't work. You can't respond to God's physical authority without responding to God's word and to his spirit. It doesn't work. Go back to what we're, we're reading. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. The word of God is to correct you. So when you come to church and you are being, you are being corrected, don't Say, I'm, I'm leaving the church. Why are you leaving the church? Why are you leaving the church? You are leaving the church because, of, because your problem was mentioned. What you are doing was mentioned. You should be glad that it has been mentioned and that it has, your case has been called and solution has come. Oh? Why should you be angry? That you are, it has been mentioned. You did the, you did, and it's not that they, they even told the pastor. It's not that they came to discuss you with the pastor. That this person has done this when you're preaching on Sunday, mention it. No, there's nothing like that. Whatever was said came from the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is trying to help you, and then you, res- you respond to it in a wrong way. It's not supposed to be. Respond to it the right way. Always see what is coming as coming from, the, from God. It is God who is speaking to you. He's using a human agent to speak to you, as he's always done. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spoke to us through the prophets. He uses his prophets to speak to his children. You will not see God showing up in the sky with his, with his face in the sky and say, Princess, Princess, this is the information I have for you. There's nothing like that. He will use his human agent to talk to you. So when you don't respect what is being said and you think that it is, uh, it is uh, oh, he's just talking. No, it's, it's, don't, don't think that he's just talking. I'm not just talking. What I'm sharing with you is the word of God in truth. When you believe it, it will work in you. When you believe it, it will work in you. First Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 11. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2, 11. For yourselves, brethren, know as you know how we exalted and confident and charged every one of you as a father does his children. You see, like I've been doing to you now. 
Eh? As you know how we exalted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father, that's a children ministry. All pastors have a motherly side and they have a fatherly side. Go to verse 7. You see the motherly side. The motherly side says, For you remember, brethren, our labor and travel, for living night and day, because it would not be chargeable to any, any one of you. We preach unto you the gospel of God. Next verse. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherished the children. So being affectionate desires of you, we were willing not to, to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. Do you see? Go back. It says, a nurse does to a child, but we're gentle among you, even as a nurse cherishes a child. It's talking about a mother, a nursing mother that cherishes the children. So there's a motherly aspect, and then there's the, the motherly aspect cherishes you and cares for you, takes care of you, says nice things. You know, that's how our mothers behave, isn't it? That is why we celebrate Mother's Day more than Father's Day. Even though there are a lot of wicked mothers in the world. Yes, but then we still love them anyways, isn't it? Uh-huh. But fathers have a certain kind of role. A father has a charging, that's in verse 11. Go to verse 11. This is amplified. For you know how as a father dealing with the children, we used to exhort each of you personally. You see, a father exhorts. He calls you to do things, to get things done. Exhortation means bringing the person up, you know, to do what he needs to do. Stimulating and encouraging and charging you. The father also encourages, but then the father charges as well, gives you military commands. Do this before I come, or else. Someone went to the bar and he said that, Give me a bottle of beer or else. Then the waiter said, Or else what? The waiter was a very big guy. Said, or else what? The guy said, Or else pure water. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go back to King James, please. As you know how we exalted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does the children, next verse, verse 12, that you would walk worthy of God, who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. You see, you would walk, he says, we charge you to walk worthy of God. Like, now that you're a child, walk, your walk should be worthy of God. You say you're a child of God. Let us see it. Cast iron from her. Show working. You're a child of God, show working. Let's see it in your character, in your attitude, in your relationships, in how you treat people. One will see it practically in your life. Don't you like that? Yes. That you would walk with the of God who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. Next, verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word, listen to this. It says, when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. That's how you should receive it. It says, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is the word of God, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. It is only those who believe the word that is spoken by the servants of God that have those words working in them effectually. That's what he's telling you. So if you think that what is being said is an advice, then you're in trouble. You will never believe it. And so it will never work for you. But when you, when you receive it as it is in truth, the word of God, it will change a lot of things about you. So the, word, the, the resurrection gives us our union, right? Our union with the Godhead. Isn't it? Yes. And I was telling you that you as you're sitting here in your imperfect state, that's why I mentioned the perfect whatever. Church is for perfecting the saints. Okay? Church is for what? 
perfecting the saints. The word of God comes to cleanse you. You must allow yourself to be cleansed. It's so important. What, what else? Which other opportunity do you have? Where else are you going to change? You will not have anywhere to anywhere else to change to, but through the word. It's only the word of God that can change you. And you must expose yourself to the word of God to be changed. Or else you will stay the way you are for many, many years. Your finances will not change. Your character will not change. Your fruitfulness will not change. Why? The, what will cause your change has been ignored. The only thing that will cause your change has been ignored. There is no money that can change you. There is no car that can change you. There is nothing, there's nothing you can... It's only the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So always receive the word of God with meekness and with gladness. It says, receive the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul or to change your soul. James chapter 1, verse 20. Put away all superfluity, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, the engrafted word. Receive with meekness. You need to receive with meekness, with, with humility. Look beyond the vessel. Look at the word of God that has been shared with you. Hmm? which is able to save or to change your souls, to change, to alter your belief, to alter your mind, to alter everything about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You should cry that the word of God is not, the word of God is not doing much for you. Yes. If, if the word of God came to you and it didn't, you didn't, you weren't moved, you should cry that you weren't moved. You have to be moved. You have to be moved. The word of God has to move you. It has to move you. It has to change you. That is the only opportunity you have to have transformations, to experience the glory of God. Okay? If I say receive, if you've not been taught, you don't know what you are receiving. What are you receiving? If I say take it, what are you taking? Without teaching, you don't know what you are taking. But when, with teaching, you will know, what, you know exactly what is coming to you. <laughs> yes, you know exactly what is coming to you. There are many gifts of the Spirit I've received, okay, through the laying on of hands of another. Oh, yes. Through the laying on of, on of hands of another. Yes. Because I understood what laying on of hands, I understood the doctrine of laying on of hands. Because when, when I was being taught, I didn't think it was nothing. I thought it was something. Yes. I paid attention and I used it. And I went back to it and keep going back to it to learn more about it so that I can experience God through His Word. It is God's word that brings you into the supernatural. If you ignore God's word, you have shut the door to the supernatural. Nobody can help you. Nothing can help you. Hallelujah. So the word of God is to help God. You are imperfect, but then God has joined himself to you. And he's perfecting you through his word. He's perfecting you through his word. And we are, we are now one with him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You see, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. But he that is drawn unto the Lord is one spirit. We are one spirit with God. We are, we are, we are one with him. How? Through his resurrection. Do you see? John chapter, uh, John chapter 14, verse 20. Look at John 14, 20. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father. This is Jesus talking. Which day? At the day of my resurrection, when I, when I rise from the dead. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. This is, this is called the oneness that we have with the Father. The union that we have with the Father. 
He says, or with the Godhead. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father. I am in my Father. I, Jesus, am in my Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. He is in his Father. You are in him. Isn't it? And he is in you. So he's in you with, his, with the Father. <laughs> and you are in him with, with the Father. In the Father. I mean, it's a, the concept is a perfect union. We are identified with him. Yes, we are one with him. And this oneness is as a result of the new birth. Or as a result of the resurrection. It's the resurrection that makes us come into union with him. I said so many things about that. Just imagine if you believed that you are one with Jesus. Just imagine if you believed really that you are one with the Godhead. Just imagine you believe this particular thing. Your struggle with a job, for a job will be over. How can God not get a job? How can God be struggling for, for, for a job? He says he has made you one with him. What it means is that all that he has, you see, marriage is one of the means of making two people one. Isn't it? Yes. Understand what we are, we are talking about. Marriage makes you one. And the Bible uses marriage to let us know our oneness with, with God. It's in Ephesians chapter 5. You see it all over. Look at Ephesians 5 verse 30. For we are members of his body. We are members of Christ's body. And members of his flesh. And members of his bones. Just imagine. Can I separate your hand from your, 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 your fingers from your hand and say that your fingers are not part of you? Your fingers are part of you. So if you are, if you are the fingers of Christ, then you are what? You are, you, you are, the members of your body are... I mean, I can't call your head Alex and body Jennifer. Christ, Jesus is the head. We are the body. We are one with him. Just imagine if you believe this. Is it a lot of unbelieving unbelievers in the church. You hear the preaching, you go and sleep. But it's not like that for you in Jesus' name. You will hear the preaching and use it for yourself in Jesus' name. I see you going forward and I see you getting results. Sometimes I cry when I see some of our people going through some troubles. I'm like, haven't you? didn't you hear what I said? Didn't you hear what was taught you? Didn't you hear? How come you have made the word of God of none effect? Because you didn't receive it with faith. It didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't think it was the word of God. You thought it was just somebody shouting. You think it will always be said. You think it will always be or you think you always have the opportunity to hear. No. When the word of God is in abundance, people don't treasure it. When it is in copious, when it is in scarcity, people appreciate it. God says, I'll send a famine of my word. Yes, there's a time coming when you'll be looking for the word you'll not find. Yes. I tell you, I tell you. It will, it will, it, church will be a problem. You can't come to church anymore. There's a time coming like that. Yes, you'll be surprised. So this is the time to use the word of God for yourself. Let it become, let it, be, let it mean something to you. Hold on to it because you think it's God's word to you. You understand? Yes. Don't take five years to change one thing in your life. No. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. You can take your seat. Thank you. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Yes. Dividing in asunder. Soul and spirit. Joint and marrow. It's a design of the thoughts and intents of the, of the heart. It is sharp. It is energizing. It is effective. Amplify. Look at the Amplified. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Amplify. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, 
energizing and effective. This is the word of God. It is energizing, it is operative. It will change a lot of things in your life. Receive it as, as the word of God. If you receive it, it will change your life. That is when it, it starts working effectually in you. That sickness will vanish if you believe that you are truly joined to the Lord. How can Jesus be sick? Was Jesus ever sick? He touched lepers and lepers became fine. Virtue left him. The power of God in him left him to heal lepers. That blood flow will cut if you believe that you are one with Jesus. And you are, the day you agree that, no, I'm, I'm one with Christ. I'm, the, I'm, part, I'm a member of the body of Christ. Christ cannot be bleeding throughout the month. Throughout the month. No. There's a, there's a time I'm supposed to bleed. For five days. After five days, it's done. That's it. That's what is happening in my life. In Jesus. When you believe that, it's, it's, when we pray, prayer is the word of God. We are speaking the word of God over your life. That's what prayer is. But the, the day you understand that the word of God that you have in your, in your hand, that you have heard, is what will change your life. The, the, that, that is the day you receive results. That is when you start seeing results. Yes. See, I'm one with him. Yeah. Believe it. Don't, don't let it just be something that was said. Believe it. Yes. Believe it. I'm one with him. Yes. I can never fail because I'm one with him. I cannot miss my way because I'm one with him. Yes. It is the best gift ever that we received in the new birth. The fact that we You see, the new birth could have made us uh, assistants of Christ. No. But he didn't make us assistants. He made us one with him. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. We are branches of the great vine. That bears fruit every month. Meaning that you, can, you are going to be fruitful every month. Why? Why are you fruitful? Because you are joined to Jesus. It's because of Jesus, not because of how smart or whatever the school you went to, sec- secondary school you went. What's the secondary school that you went? Will your secondary school change uh, your, your life? I know some people who are using their secondary school, like, I want to do secondary school. So, so what? So what? What are you talking about? Your secondary school, you are identified with your secondary school more than you are identified with Jesus Christ. When you are doing natural science and mass quiz, the way you behave, it shows us where your real allegiance is. Yes, it shows us. Because when, when we say we are going on a float for Jesus, you will never come. But not you. I'm talking to those who will be listening to the message in the future. Not you. Say not you. Not me. We are one. How can I fail? When I'm one with Christ. Whatever I touch will work. You see, I don't make confessions because someone has said to say it. I make confessions because it is from my heart. I know it. Yes, I know it. You see. It's real to me. It's not, it's not fake. No, 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 no. I can never go down. I can only go higher. Every year I get better and greater. The path of the justice are the shining light. That shines brighter and brighter, more and more onto the perfect I'm the, I'm the just. I'm the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Why? The word of God says I am. If the word of God says I am, then I am. If the word of God says I am, then I am. What God says I am, I am. What God says I can do, I can do. Where God says I can go, I can go. What he says I can achieve, I can achieve. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus is in me to strengthen me. I have Jesus in my life. And I'm living for his glory. Therefore, I'll be on fire every single day. Nothing can stop me. I'm getting bigger every day. Yes, why? Jesus is in me. Jesus is in me. Is Jesus in you? He says, at that day you shall know that I am in my father. And I'm in you. And you are in me. And we are in our Father, the Father. Oneness. Oneness. True union with him. He's the head. We are the body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Number three is eternal life. We receive eternal life through salvation. Through the resurrection, we receive eternal life. Number four, unspeakable joy. Number three is what? Eternal life. I'm guessing you know a lot about that. Number four is unspeakable joy. The resurrection gives us unspeakable joy. If I should fall dead today, I know I'm going. I know where I'm going. Where am I going? Straight to heaven. No Kev, no Ben. Why? Jesus died for me. So when Jesus rose from the dead, the first thing he told the disciples that he said was, All hail. Excitement. All hail means joy unspeakable. Be happy. Because the way to heaven has been made. Yes. Hallelujah. All hail. Rejoice evermore. Again, I say rejoice. The kingdom of God has its foundation on righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because of Jesus' sacrifice. Hmm? Look at this. Matthew 28 verse 9. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, this is the first, these are the first words that proceeded out of Jesus' mouth when he met the ladies. All hail. Do you understand? Let's read Amplify. Maybe you, you, you don't. Yes. Hail. Greetings. Let's see if other versions help us to understand. Be glad. This one says, be glad. Are you glad like this? Is that how you become glad? What I do? Oh, I'm glad. Eh, I'm glad. That is a wicked gladness. Uh, someone told you, oh, I just got a visa to Canada and I'll be going tomorrow. Oh, I'm glad. You are a very wicked person. You are not really happy for the person. Hallelujah. Yes, this is NKJV, New King James Version. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. First word of Jesus Christ when he rose from the dead was rejoice. If you're a Christian, rejoice. Don't look at problems around. Ah, I don't understand why. How come you were a Christian and you're not happy? What is wrong with you? An unbeliever is even happier than you are. It's more excited about life than you are. Many, many Christians, pessimistic, doom and gloom type of Christianity. I don't know why it's like that. You can't, you can't be happy. You can't laugh. You can't be excited. You laugh like, you laugh like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus says rejoice. 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 Yeah. Why? Because, you see, what you have, nobody else has. Unbelievers do not have. Yes. They can't be compared to you. When they see your joy, they are attracted to you. Because you can lead them to Christ. But when they see that you are sadder than they are, you are more depressed than they are, the resurrection gives us joy unspeakable that is full of glory. The Bible says rejoice evermore. It's an instruction from the Spirit. Rejoice ever. Don't have a house where there's no joy. Everybody is very serious all the time. No mood, no whatever. Nobody's talking. Nobody's moving. When someone is cutting bread, it's a problem. When someone is opening their tap, it's a problem. Ah, I thought you were rich. I thought Christ has made you rich. What are you, what are you talking about? Your wife can't do her hair because... The hair, you think the hair is too expensive. My friend, let her be happy. 
rejoice evermore. Eh? Look at First Peter chapter 1, verse 7 to 8. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, it says, Jesus, whom having not seen, you love. Do you love Jesus? You've not seen him, but you love him. It says, Jesus, whom having not seen, you love. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You see, believing in him brings you joy. Yes, I'm secured. Emperor Nero, who massacred a lot of Christians, okay, killed a lot of Christians, would always want to see their faces in their dying moment. So you, you tell them, torture them, and leave them when they are uh, more than half, let's say about 80% or 90% dead. So I come and see their faces. I want to see their faces. Yes. And it, history records that every one of them was smiling or laughing. In the height of pain, physical pain, they were laughing and excited. Why? Jesus said, don't be afraid of the one who can kill this body and not do anything to the soul. But be afraid of the one who can kill this body and destroy the soul in hell. Yes. There's someone who is bigger than Hitler and all these people who can kill Christians. You can kill, just kill him. What can you do? You can only take this life. If you're a true Christian, you'll never be, you'll never be afraid of death. A Christian. You're not, you, are you a Christian? Ask your neighbor, are you a Christian? What do your neighbor say? What everybody fears in life is death. Everybody fears death. Is it true? Everyone fears death. But you see, a Christian does not fear death. Why? Because our master faced death and overcame death. Resurrection is that which has gone through death and remains unscathed or unscratched by death. Resurrection is that which is, which is born from the dead. Like death is not the end. Do you understand? So we are not afraid of death. Jesus, in Hebrews chapter, in Hebrews chapter 2, Verse 14, look at Hebrews 2, verse 14. The Bible says that for as much then as the children are partakers of, the, of flesh and blood, Jesus also himself likewise took part of the same flesh and blood. So that through death, so that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. So Jesus used death to destroy the devil who had the power of death. So that he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Next verse. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So if you were subject to bondage because of the fear of death, Jesus came to come and deliver you from the fear of death. I said, if you were afraid of death, then Jesus came to die so that you will be delivered from the fear of death. Yes. And have confidence. We will die and so what? Jesus said, if you lose your life, you will gain it. Christianity has to do with losing your life. Not gaining your life. It says the one who, who keeps his life shall lose it. The one who preserves his life shall lose it. The one I see people who are trying to who are making decisions to preserve their lives, they are very funny. Yes. You don't, it means you are not really, your Christianity is low. Yes. You are, you are on, the, on the first level. Give me, give me type of Christianity. Give me, give me, give me, because my name is Jimmy. All your relationship with God is give me. God, give me this. God, give me that. God, give me this. Give me a boy. Give me a girl. Give me a house. Give me a car. Give me what? 
Job. Give me a job. Give me marriage. Give me a child. Give me visa. God, make a hammer. Because you are the God of Shama. <laughs> it's in a movie. The God of Shama, make a hammer. It's a movie. It's a m- many years ago. Yeah. He that finds that his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Matthew 10, 39. <laughs> what? Revelations what? 118. Revelations 118. Yeah. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Jesus has the keys of hell and of death. So, I mean, what are you afraid of? Every job is risky. Everything in life is risky. This roof can collapse. God forbid, but it can collapse. And all of us will be gone. And that will be the end. Every car you sit in can get an accident. When you are not, accident is accident because it is unexpected. That's why it is accident. Ask what? Dent. You didn't. Nobody foresees it. If I sit in a car and I'm going to preach, it's a risk. It's as risky as you sitting in a car to go to work. Or you don't understand. Yes. You don't have to travel to... Ah, you see, sometimes you think there's a crack on Massimo that you can, you can die on. What are you... Don't be afraid. What are you afraid of? That leads me to the next point. Eh? The hope of resurrection. That's number five. The hope of resurrection. The resurrection gives us the hope of resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us the hope of resurrection. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we have a confident assurance, eh? a confident assurance of our resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live again. John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believed on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live again. Yet shall he live. And next verse, verse 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Believest thou this? Because you see, dead people are actually not dead. Dead people are alive. All dead people are alive. And they wish they could be here in this meeting to hear what you are hearing. All dead people are alive. And they wish... They were here. They could be here to hear what you are hearing. This is your opportunity. We have a confident assurance that death is not the end. It's not the end. There's a day coming when all those who are dead in Christ. You see, there are two types of resurrection. There's a resurrection of the just and the resurrection of the unjust. Okay? Resurrection of what? The just and the resurrection of the unjust. Acts 24, 15. Says, and have hope toward God which they themselves also allow, that, that, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. So, there's a resurrection of the just and the unjust. Okay? Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. And many of them that are dead in the dust of the earth shall awake. There's a day coming when dead people will come back to life. Physically. Some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are the just will have Resurrection unto life. And those who are unjust or who are unjust will have shame and everlasting contempt. Next verse. Verse 3. 
And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as a stance, as a stance forever and ever. John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heard my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life or hath everlasting life and shall not come into, into that condemnation but is passed from death unto life. Next verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the eye is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Are you saying it? Yeah. It's going to happen. Next verse. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself. So there's a resurrection of the just and what? They are unjust. The just, the word just is righteous. The word unjust is ungodly or unrighteous. Okay? First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are dead. The word asleep is dead. It's old King James way of saying dead. The Amplified says, those who have previously fallen asleep in him in death. So he's talking about death, okay? All those who have died in Christ. It is only those who are just who die in Christ. Or those who are in, it is, if you are not in Christ, you cannot die in Christ. You can only die in Christ when you are in Christ, as we are living, physically. Okay, for this we say unto you, that we which, uh, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are dead. Next verse. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, of the archangel, sorry, and with the trump of God, with the trumpet of God, then he says, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So all those who are dead in Christ will come back into life, physical life. This is something that is going to happen practically. Why? Jesus had that happening to him practically. And he's the first of our resurrection. Because he's resur he resurrected, we too are going to resurrect. So like I was saying, death is not the end. Death is just a means to an end for a child of God. A child of, for a child of God, it's not the end. When you die, you are going through death. All children of God who are interested in the resurrection, okay, who know that it will happen, live a very different life. If you don't think that there's any resurrection, you live anyhow. You keep fooling around. You keep fighting people. Fighting your brothers and your sisters. You keep missing services. You keep not praying and not reading your Bible. Because you've forgotten that there's something coming. You only think about this body. Where it will sleep. What it will wear. What it will eat. How it will exist. You, you, you are not seeing beyond. You are not seeing as you are supposed to see. I beg you, start seeing as you are supposed to see. Okay? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and life. Your medicine will not take you. Do you understand medicine? Doctor, your doctorhood will not take you. <laughs> it may not mean much in the resurrection. Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. Blessed that day, and I heard a voice, loud voice from heaven. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, What? Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, said the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. And their works do follow them. It is the works that you did in Christ that will follow you. Even allowing people to come for a party that you have done without thinking that those people can reward you. Like inviting poor people to your party will be rewarded in the resurrection. Luke 14, 
14. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. Hmm? Next verse. And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense you. They cannot give anything back to you. For thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. At the resurrection of the you shall be, he says, you, you'll be given your reward. You'll be rewarded for doing a party and inviting people who can do a party and invite you. Or people who don't, I mean, don't, do, don't only do party for your people. Do party for people who are not your people. As far as you are concerned, as far as this world is concerned, you only do party for people who are your people. Is it not true? But you see, the resurrection will make you start thinking differently. If you do party for people who are not your people, you will receive a reward. <laughs> yes. You'll be rewarded for giving a cup of cold water to a child of God. The Bible says that let us do good. Primarily to those who are of the household of faith. Galatians chapter 6. As we have therefore verse 10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that who are of the household of faith. Why? Because those, if you do good for someone who is in the house of God, if you do good to her because she's a church member, rewards power, you'll be shocked. Matthew 10, 42. If you give, whosoever gives a cup of cold water, and whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones, these little small boys and girls moving around, one of these little ones, a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, Verily, in the name of, because he's a child of God, verily I say unto you, he shall not, you know why it's lose his reward. Yeah. If you think about the resurrection, you, you live differently. You not only polish your face and do your hair, you will do more than polish your face and do your hair. Because you know that something is at stake. There's a day coming when you will be in front of the Lord and the Lord will be asking you questions. If you are interested in the resurrection, you will save souls. And you will keep, your life here on earth will be to keep someone, some keep, keep people in church. What I'm saying is a Christianity. There's a suffering that is left for you to suffer. Suffering with respect to your pocket. Paying lawyer fare for some people to be in church. Hmm? Making some decisions. Sacrificing for God. Having others in mind. If Jesus, who is the word of God, left heaven and came down on earth, earth and heaven are incomparable. Look at the skies. Look at how neat the skies are. Have you seen how neat the skies are? You see, even the skies and the earth, that's a problem. If you see the baller all over, if you look at the sea and how we have corrupted the sea, eh, you will know that, I mean, earth cannot be compared to heaven. God left, Jesus, who is God, left the pearly gates of heaven. Maybe because you've not seen heaven before, you don't know what it meant. He left that and came down here on earth and became a human being and died the most shameful of all deaths. Why? So that he can get you. The only man who lived to die. The Bible says because of what he did. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. It says let this mind, have this kind of mindset in your life. Listen. Listen and listen very hard. We can have a church, this love economy church that we have, by God's grace. We can have a church where I only comfort you and say receive and take and say nice things to you and not say the real thing to you and deceive you and make you, you will prosper. You'll be fine. Everything will be okay. But you go to heaven and realize you, you didn't get anything. It's either I do that. I don't know which one you prefer. I don't know which one you prefer. It's either I do that 
Okay? Or I teach you what the word of God says. About you sacrificing, suffering, and dying, and losing some things in order for the kingdom of God to be built. Which is your true assignment here on earth? Hmm? Or I can just preach nice business ideas. I have an MBA, so I can teach you strategic management, how to make your business work. If that's what you prefer, I can do that. Yeah. But know that I'll be, I'll be taking away from you your eternal reward. Okay? And many people are being deceived. If our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came to do this, I don't know why you want to do something else. Honestly. You shouldn't be happy on Easter if in a year you've not been able to establish anybody in the house of God or if not one souls to the Lord. What is the Easter for? What is the Passover for? The Passover is, is a reminder of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Easter is actually, it's, it's actually Passover. It's not, it's not the, the word Easter is borrowed. Eh? Yeah. It's actually Passover. Because it's the Passover lamb. The lamb whose blood was used to mark the doorposts for others to be saved. What will your, your blood be used for? What will your sweat and your blood be used for? I pray that you develop some wisdom. As you hear me preach to you over the years. I pray that your life will not be spent just eating and drinking. And marrying and giving birth. Because at the end of the day, your marriage and your, your child birth will not mean much. You will see people who were married and had children, have had six children, who are still doing something for the Lord, who are still living for the Lord and ministering to people and changing people's lives. You realize that your excuse is nothing. I don't want us to go to heaven and then it's like, we don't, you don't, nothing has happened. You are just, oh, you can't even miss it. You can't even miss the heaven. Because a lot of people are missing it. So I pray for you. That the wisdom of God will guide you. That the word of God will really guide you. That you live with resurrection in your, in, in your mind. That there's something that I'm journeying towards. That I must take seriously. And not just be uh, uh, focusing on this world and doing things here on earth. We are building sandcastles happily. Yes, building sandcastles. And, and, and a lot of people have forgotten about the things that be of Jesus. But you remember the things that be of Jesus. And you produce fruits in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that this Resurrection Sunday will be a reminder of what you are supposed to sacrifice and what you are supposed to suffer. For our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ suffered and sacrificed and lost something, leaving us an example for us to suffer and sacrifice for his kingdom to be built. You must lose something for his kingdom to be built. You must lose some money for his kingdom to be built. You must lose a certain kind of future for his kingdom to be built. You must lose a certain kind of travel for his kingdom to be built. You must suffer on a certain level for his kingdom to be built. I pray for strength and grace for you to go through all the things you need to go through for Jesus Christ, for the kingdom of God to be built. May you never be found wanting on that day. May you not stand before the Lord and not know what to say. I pray that when you stand before the Lord, you have something to say. You, you, have, you have people to show. You have people to present to the Lord and say, these are the five people. These are the ten people. These are the twenty people that I've come with. Because of what you did for me, because of your sacrifice, I also made some sacrifices to keep these ten people in the house of God. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you for your blessings upon us. Thank you for all that you have shared with us. 
We are grateful and thankful. Amen in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.